Good. With that, that note, any questions? If you have any questions from about about specifically uh, loving kindness, yes. Oh yes, yes, compassion. You might most one of the most loving things you could see. This is this is uh, in the text. This is uh, teaching loving kindness. Uh, without, uh, it's beautiful, it, nicely done. You have to practice this way. But then you see there there are subtleties of loving kindness and compassion that are not brought out, that have to do with the skill and means. Uh, of understanding the suffering of beings and how to actually engage. This is this is boundless loving kindness and boundless compassion, which you must develop. But within this uh, practice and manifestation comes the skill and means through insight and understanding and knowledge of the conditioning of beings. Is What's effective on the ground? Do you know what I mean? It's like giant. It's like a general policy of the government, or general policy of the UN. But when all, pardon my language, hell breaks loose, what do you do on the ground? Make sense? So then people say, well, can you give me some rules? Can you give me some policy directives? Well, until you get on the ground, you don't know. Hmm? Because your skill, for instance, I'll give you an example. Uh, someone was uh, not so long ago was talking about uh, NGOs, uh, right? Non-governmental agencies working in a certain country, in a certain poor, poor uh, country of this of this planet. And this person happens to live in, the, in that country, and the person was talking about an NGO. They know and said something about well, what do you think about that? Well, you know, it's one thing. It's all these NGOs are very very good, but some of these, and you're referring to this one in particular, doesn't really know. The culture. So sometimes they make more of a mess of things than, than the benefit. Because what they're doing is they're giving things away when they should not be giving things away. That we have to we have to clean up the mess afterwards. That's not love. That's guilt. Sorry, but that's guilt. Do you, do you follow? So is it love? No. Is it compassion? Not really. It's guilt, shame, and certain uh, moral values that are twisted. Because what, it's what happens on the ground. So you have a general policy which is must give, and must people, people must be able to eat, and be able to sleep, and have shelter, and all those things. And you go and you build shelters that are cheap and fall apart and actually dangerous for people. One, give, give you one example, which is beautiful, really beautiful, is, uh, I think it was in Bangladesh, is uh, a beautiful um, and, and loving act to give people access to water and drilled uh, all these, these wells in the ground. Makes sense, doesn't it? Nobody tests the water. So they drilled into arsenic concentrations. Thousands upon thousands of people are being poisoned with arsenic even today. 
because the goodwill and nobody checked the water. It goes on and on and on and on and on. So I actually like this term. You know, it's, like, it's almost a military term. What happens on the ground? So uh, the, the first place is you, you need to develop a very, very profound experience of loving kindness for all beings and compassion. But then you see you need, it, you need to mix it with intelligence. You need to mix it with an understanding of the conditioning of beings and whether the, the act is actually an intelligent compassionate act or is just a shame driven by shame, driven by guilt? It's a good question. But first, first train in opening the heart and opening the mind to the profound suffering of beings and starting to do something about it. I'd rather people do something about it, even a little bit misguided, than not. You know? It's got to start somewhere. And, uh, I, you know, I'll, I'll say this, and thank you for raising this. Uh, I consider this so important because the difficulty a lot of people have is the continuous self-focus on themselves over and over and over and over and over again. And this is poison. It's absolute poison. Just totally always uh, focused on themselves, worried about themselves, anxiety-prone about themselves. And when they do things, it's about themselves. That's why the, the teaching of Dharma is so precious. Like, like no other thing I know on the planet is so precious. Because its central message and central way of liberating beings is to come out of you and bring your gifts out into the world, but with intelligence and insight insight into why there is suffering. Not just to remove suffering, but why there is suffering. So you could be a very compassionate, relatively compassionate, loving being and and help people re-enact the suffering again and again and again and again and again and again and again. Provide all the tools of fostering more and more suffering as an act of love. I don't consider that love. I consider that unintelligent love. But at the same time, one needs to really seep oneself in a, a, a bone depth level of love for all beings. But you see that that loving kindness can easily go towards a feeling of affection for all beings. I love all beings. I feel so good about all beings. Because you're, you're now in, you're in love with all beings. That's not what it's about. Remember, it's benevolence. Care for all beings. Care. 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 Have you always been nice to your children, Susan? Nice. Nice. Most of the time. Why haven't you been nice at times? Hard. Yeah. And uh, so it's not always with kindness, it's sometimes with sharpness, isn't it? To safeguard them. Hmm? That's called, that's love. Yeah. And, that, and, it, and it comes with a lot of intelligence, doesn't it? It comes with study and intelligence. And not, I'm not talking about children raising books. Eh? 
someone's telling me the confusion to do with children. This person had you know, stacks of all these kinds, and we're trying every one of them out. It's getting very confusing. Someone was telling me about going, walking into a home and helping a family out, and they had, they had, they had every single um, uh, children-rearing book on there, and were completely confused as to which plan they should follow. And they had, uh, I think it was two, one, especially one, very messed up kid. It took two weeks to actually get the kid to settle down because the parents were kind of trying all these things out on them. So love should come with a certain amount of intelligence. If you know what I mean? Yeah. Not, not uh, just. So that's why they say in the, in the old text especially, the enemy of, of loving kindness, which is metta, we should actually use the word metta, is affection, affectionate love. So this word, this word metta, is benevolence and altruism, which is the beautiful feeling to help others who are in pain and need support and care. I like care. 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 Any other questions? It's good. Thank you for that. Yes. genuine loving kindness towards ourselves. Um, I'm wondering if it's similar to true refuge in that maybe there's a tendency to look in all the wrong places yes, for yes, the yes. care that you need, absolutely rather right. than taking the responsibility of supporting yourself. Yeah, absolutely right. Looking at all the wrong places. This, and this is where you, you see the tragedy of bewilderment of a person always looking, you know, or clinging to the wrong places. Or, or as I had a discussion with somebody uh, some time ago, which means not very long ago, uh, as code for don't need to go where that would be, but um, clinging to a past event where they were very happy, but could never reproduce it. I said, when are you quite... Out of love, tremendous love. When are you going to realize that your feeling of goodness and well-being and love has got to come from here? When are you going to realize that short of 40,000 mosquitoes in your room, 20,000 cockroaches, very little food, and the roof falling in, it's your responsibility to be happy and to be open and discovering and growing, not the responsibility of other people and places and ideal weather conditions. You, you know what I mean? It's your responsibility. You have to find that in here. When you find it in here, you don't care. You could be sitting out in the forest and you wouldn't need anything. Someone brings you a bit of Slurpee occasionally and you go, wow. It's great, you know, or maybe hemp, hemp juice or something. And you go, wow, it's beautiful. Thank you very much. You see, so you almost, almost, uh, almost need to have all your visa cards taken away. Lines of credits, visa cards taken away. And live simply. This is what's beautiful about being here on Galliano. Where's the jacuzzi? Really, where's the hot tub? Where's the jacuzzi? Where's the sauna? Where's the, you know, one pound of caviar? You have to find it in yourself first. 
be at peace in yourself and be able to craft love wherever you are. This is the test. And you can't do, if you're always pining for, I'll only be happy when I have the right beings, the right circumstances, and I remember when it was so good. Hmm? This is sheer folly. But, you know, if I could hear the beloved uh, voice of my teacher, my root teacher, grow up! Right? Grow up, little children. Wake up. Get your act together. You're dwelling in folly. You're dwelling in self-delusion. Grow up. Grow up. Wake up. You, you need to discover that quality in your being that is self-reliance and cares for your being in a natural way, which is you like your organism. You like your organism. I think this is a very difficult time right now for beings not liking the organism. They certainly like their iPhones. They certainly like their iPads and everything else, but they don't actually really like themselves. Is this correct? At, at the root. Therefore, therefore, you're absolutely correct on this. Therefore, they don't trust themselves. Therefore, they don't trust refuge. You got it. And if they did, where would it be the refuge? In Buddha mind, in freedom, in the transmissions of teachings that, that, that give real teachings of freedom, and they would trust beings that teach this. Why? Because they trust themselves. That's all. This is simple. Simple. Show me a being that trusts themselves, and you'll see a being that's going to awaken very quickly. Because they trust themselves. They love themselves. They're not, it's not like, I love myself. <laughs> Man, am I affectionate towards myself. I lie there all day and I sit aside and I just go, wow, I'm really good and I really feel great about myself. I'm just, aren't I the best? We don't mean that at all, do we? You just feel good about the organism. You trust what it does. You trust it makes mistakes. You trust that you can learn from your mistakes. You trust that you don't always do the best thing, but you can try to do better. And you also trust yourself that you can do better and you can grow. Isn't that simple? I get to meet people that don't have that. They actually don't have that. They go, I can't. no, there's no way I can. I don't think I can. And then they're very worried that in the future they will never be able to. So now they're actually feeling better, but in the future they will not be able to be better. Why? I don't know. Because. This is not love. So they have not found Loving kind of thing. What have they found in their being? They found hatred. That's all. They just found pockets of anger, irritation, frustration, hatred. And they don't know it. They have no idea. So guess what they do, these beings? They look for things to love outside themselves. This is what it is. They search for the ideal being, the ideal lover, and then if they can't do that, the little cute doggy or the little tiny bunny rabbit, or the pet such and such, 
or whatever it is. They get lost in buying shoes or um, handbags, yeah, and guys into their, you know, cars or tool shed or, you know, where is he? He's in his tool shed again, you know, or the lab or, you know, pulling apart coffee machines and tinkering on coffee machines all day. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter. Externalization. So, so um, just hearing the, the words that you just said about trusting yourself so that you can grow, is that what the Buddhist name that we've been given? Yes. Is that what yes. that's absolutely pointing That's right. That's right. And, and a yidam. And other instructions by the Lama. <laughs> it's like, you trust yourself. And you go, oh, Lama gave it. I can trust. I can do it. I'll do it. It might sound impossible, but I'll do it. That's trust. Or, oh my gosh, my name actually is like a name of enlightenment. That's like a saintly name. I don't think I can do that. Don't trust. Not enough loving kindness. I will become that. Yep. Why wouldn't I become that? Okay, can you give me a name that sort of speaks like I could be a lump of dung? You know, or something, which is very beautiful. Or maybe you give me a name which is like half-baked... You know, almost like a Zen name, right? Half-baked rock-eater. You know, which would be really good. You know, it's a sort of secret name indicating great liberation. The name of what I already am. Yeah, can I have my old, can I have my old name back? I mean, maybe we should give new names every year or every couple of years. Really. Just every couple of years, give a new name and say, okay, now move towards this. Move. That's, what, that's what a new meditation should be. Here's, here's, a new, we've, here's a whole new way to become, right? Like changing careers. Change careers. Quit your job and change careers. I mean it. Why not? Why not? Changing careers is like changing births. But then you might pick a career that's same old pattern once again so it's trust right and so the the Buddhist name and the Yudam they're they're both about they are they are they are supports they are supports of compassion they are pointers to where great unfoldment will be found right for the benefit of all beings not just for you where are your strengths? How to ripen the talents? Ripen the talents. Not to be preoccupied. So we give you a name, which would be um, person, you know, like some of the uh, Aboriginal names are person that never smiles. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah, really, some Aboriginal names. They, you know, a person comes to the community, they get to know you, and they go, okay, and then they give a name. It's a person that never smiles. Sad lump. Sad, sad being on two legs. Right? Things like that, yeah. Cracked up face. Um, I can't remember some others. You know, you know some of those? Uh, dry bones. Dry, dry, dry bones. Yeah, dry bones. They're just calling a spade a spade. Yeah. They're hopefully, but but in the Buddhist tradition, we give you the the greatest manifestation of of compassion for all beings, which is what you rise to, not what you sink to. Yeah. Uh, my name is Dry Bones, or my my name is is unhappy being on two legs that walks around in circles. Right? Wouldn't that, be, that wouldn't be a classic one, yes? 
Isn't is that be right? Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. White 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 pasty being that, that walks around in circles all day. Uh, no, and, and knitted brow confused. Really. That would be a you know classic classic Indian or Aboriginal name for a person that comes in the community, being that that that, that sits at desk all day. Holds holds pen. Holds holds yeah, dr- a person drink drinks coffee all day. You know what these kind of names? So hopefully you don't get that kind of Aboriginal name, because they'll often just call a spade a spade. Oh, there's that's what the person does. They all a day long they sit behind a desk and they're crooked and they're and they're white faced, white white faced sitter behind desk. That's it. Yeah, really. So the the Buddhist name is a little different. Yes, yeah. it's it's pointing to the the greatest unfoldment for the benefit of all beings, and that's what you rise to. How do you do that? You have to have some self-confidence in it and go, I will do this. I will become that. Yeah. And even if you become somebody else's name, that's okay. That's okay. Like, let's say, let's say after 30 years or 20 years or 15 years, you've got to, you know, I'm more like uh, Shalan over there. I, I really, I should have her name. I, I go, oh, that's okay. You can have that name too. You can have two names. I don't care. <laughs> as long as you become awakened for the benefit of all beings, I call you anything. And if the theodon doesn't work, get another one. <laughs> but, but, but to realize that, that any of the idams that are given could unfold you uh, all the way, if you have the confidence. There have been cases where the idam isn't quite working optimally, and then eventually some other idam comes along, or you go to the teacher and say, you know what, yeah, that's your idam, but you actually go do this for a couple of years. Because the other one is just too difficult to approach at the moment. Or it's it's the it's not a favorable time for that. The dumb the dumb that's given to you is not always the easiest one for you, by the way. It's not always the easiest one. Why? Because you've got to rise to your talents. And rising to your talents is not always easy, is it? That's a good thing. How about go to the teacher and say, uh, could I have the easiest thing to do? Give me the easiest thing. The 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 you know, just kinda of something that's not not gonna I'm not gonna to have to work at, in fact. Yeah, I just don't really have to work at it. Just give it to me and then I can have it. <laughs> yes, Maria? Um, I was thinking back at, uh, at loving yourself, at loving, loving kindness. Um, let's be careful loving yourself. Let's not use that term. Okay. Let's, let's, uh, benevolence, benevolence towards oneself, altruism towards oneself. In the sense of Dharma, is there of? Like, oh, sure. As in Western society, you would say, yeah, I'm getting there, I'm getting there, or I think I'm getting there. In the sense of Dharma, there is... Sure, 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 sure. And, and you see in the text, it will give you indication, it gives indications of what getting there is. And of course, uh, wouldn't that be nice if we meditate for a week or so and we get there? But not usually. So we need to see our blessings, count our blessings which Westerners often don't do because they get frustrated, they're not completely there, is count the blessings that there's some signs, indications, that actually it's peeking through. That's really good. Do you, you all understand what I mean by that? Count your blessings that there's some actually good things poking through. 
Like I, you know, sometimes it's good to sit with each other as a mirror, like a good um, friend, and um, say, have I done anything good today? Uh, you know, like you don't actually, some people just don't know. What have you done that's actually good? What did you do yesterday that was good, that was meaningful, good, unfolding, and beneficial? That's called loving kindness. And you actually get to know and go, you know what? Uh, there's more moments of that. There actually is more care of this being and others uh, over time. That's a sign. I actually am becoming a more a caring, uh, open being. And if you're not, you recognize it, where it is, and you go, I, I'd like to really change that. Those are signs. Those are, those are signs. So you, you, ha you have to get real. Get real. This is a really important thing. Get real about it. Measure, measure it using uh, realistic terms. And sometimes you need a friend to tell you. You know, you're doing okay, actually. You're, I, I noticed that you're actually doing more uh, acts of, uh, of kindness. I am? Yeah, actually, you're, you're more friendly. You're uh, more even, more relaxed. Um, maybe even moments of good intelligence, too. Really? Really? I don't notice those. Well, actually, yes. Then can I stop? No. And if it's a good friend, they go, raise the bar. Let's see you do more. Instead of, am I there yet? No, not there yet. I can tell I, I had a teacher that didn't matter what, what happened, you were never there. And not in a negative way. What's next? Where do you go next? Why would you ever stop? How much loving kindness could you develop? How much compassion could you develop? So, for instance, when I go and um, uh, visit the Dalai Lama or go for teachings, I'm inspired to go, my God, wouldn't that be extraordinary level of compassion and love for all beings. Wouldn't that be? And why couldn't I do that? See, for, for this being, it's not even a doubt. I'm not sure when it could happen, but, but why, 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 why not develop it that way? Maybe not looking like that, maybe not talking like that, but that degree of palpable uh, penetration and support and care for beings. Powerful force. Just a, po a powerful, powerful force. So then you get inspired. You go, wow, there it is. There's a physical manifestation of it. I'd like to be like that. I'll work towards that. This is confidence. Every single being in this room is talented. Talented, beautiful, loving. Uh, it's extraordinary. I'm always amazed. I always come here and go, wow, I'm just absolutely shocked. But then this confusion comes in. It does. It comes in. Well, why? 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 You don't need it. You just don't need it. Okay, any more before I have to read through the text really quick? <laughs> any, any others? Someone else had a hand up. If you didn't have a hand up now, you will in the future. I predict it. <laughs> and if you, didn't, if you don't have one in the future, I predict it happened in the past.
Okay, let's move on to number two, page 129, compassion. When loving kindness is perfected in this way, the practice of compassion is not difficult. Hint, hint, hint. You should see those lines as hints, like they should be flashing in neon lights. Boop, 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 boop. Like on the, in the book, it goes like a little LED lights. Usually this would be in bold with a fluorescent highlight, right? Which is uh, when it's perfected or it's to a high degree, then compassion is, um, opens, opens effortlessly. The summary. Classification, object, identifying characteristic, method of practice, measure the practice, and qualities of the practice. Thus, these six completely comprise the study and practice of immeasurable compassion. Classification. A. A? What did you say? A or A? A. Depends where you're from. Hmm? Depends where you're from, yeah. A. There are three types of compassion, A. Compassion with sentient beings as its object. Compassion, we've seen this before. Compassion with phenomena as its object. And non-objectified compassion. So you have the human beings of the object. Beings are the object, not just human beings, but all beings are the object. And then compassion towards phenomena, all phenomenal appearances. And then eventually the realization of emptiness itself is compassion. Just unbounded, effortless compassion, yes. So when it says um, compassion with phenomena, that means compassion also to the phenomena as arises in you in the meditation. Yep. Everything. Everything that appears. Without exception. All of phenomenal existence there's compassion towards. Just the existence of, of experience. Not just human beings, but all appearances of the mind. All appearances. Of these, the first one means to develop compassion by seeing the suffering of sentient beings in the lower realms and so forth. All realms. You get used to it. And this is where study comes in. Study life. I might sometimes go, well, okay, then you've got people who are practicing, practicing loving-kindness and compassion, but they don't actually study life. They don't know anything about life. You know that. They don't know anything about life. They know something about human beings a little bit, but actually don't, don't really know anything at all about life. Hmm. As human beings, isn't it uh, natural to give most of our uh, effort to helping human beings? Yes, but look at children. Take a child, a curious, a curious child who hasn't been deeply, deeply corrupted, and um, a young child, and have a spider go by. Oh, what's that? Or a centipede or a millipede. And then the parent goes, don't touch that! Why? Don't touch that! It could hurt you. Okay. How about, how about the uh, young girls that love snakes? Come on over to my house. Let's play. We've got a, I've got a beautiful uh, um, defanged pit viper. No, come on, play. It's fun. Or I've got a whole millipede aquarium uh, or terrarium. Or look, come look at my pet lizard. Right? I know uh, a number of women who, as, as children, had all kinds of creepy crawlers in their bedroom. And for years and years and years, their study and their interest was insects, snakes, 
spiders. I know, I know a woman who loves spiders. So many, many children ha are filled with sense of wonder about all kinds of creatures until it gets knocked out of them. Just gets knocked out of them. And nature, wonder. Wow, what's that tree? Can we climb that tree? How's that tree grow? You don't want to know about that. Focus on me, dear. Focus on humans. And then what do you know about humans? What you're told? What you read? So this is my... Um, redirecting of uh, perhaps the study of compassion, uh, the uh, meditation of compassion, also needs to be a study. And I very much learned this from Namjoon Rinpoche, you know. I really did. I, I mean, bless his heart. What an amazing being. Yeah? His study of life in all of it, and study phenomena. He never stopped studying phenomena out of insight and compassion. We studied everything. He demanded. I mean, I was, I must say, I'm just going to say this. It was also very much the way I was. Okay? Nat natural curiosity, and I never had a problem with this. I mean, it was never like a resistance. Oh, oh, I don't want to do this. But the level by which he actually manifested was awesome. We studied everything. As a matter of fact, we one time, well, we, I, I did this. Somebody else might have we did this together because we, we couldn't afford it. We bought, uh, for, I think it was $400, the two-volume set of the Cambridge Encyclopedia Food to have at the table because we'd be raising so many f questions about food at the table. Where's this vegetable? How many other vegetables are there like this? What is this kind of grain? Like, what, what, what is teff? Or what is this? So we'd be always looking it up in these different reference books, and it'd take quite a while. So we got this, this, this two-volume set called the Cambridge Encyclopedia Food, two-volume. That time it was about 400. So uh, a friend of mine, one of Rinpoche's students, we split it. And we always had it at the table. So we could just go like this, open up, go like this, open up, because our interest was about all things, all phenomena. Not just sitting at the table and going, so... Uh, what's your name, and, and where did you come from, and, and tell me all... Well, no, you're at the table, you're eating. You know, how about people come over for coffee or tea, and they have, oh, it's nice tea, and that's the end of it. They don't know where it came from, they don't know where it was picked, they don't know anything about tea, they don't even know what a tea plant looks like. They don't know how it's made, they never go in the kitchen and go, or say, how's, how'd you make that really good cup of tea? And they say, oh, we made it like this. Oh, okay, good, got it. But they're not really interested. If you're really interested, you go say, show me, I'd really like to know how that's made. How did you do that? Oh, thanks for the coffee. Thanks for the food. Thanks for... This is not a level by, of study. Do you understand? Not a level of study. If you smell something, Is that the same as taste? Or I know people go, oh, what's the, what's the bag of the coffee smell like? And they go, oh, okay. But that's not the same as taste. It's not every way of extracting is different. Did you see what I mean? So 
to become deeply loving and deeply compassionate is going to require not just an open heart, but to tease out the range of possibilities, the range of manifestations, the range of beings, and then be able to move to, man- to, f- to all phenomena. Rocks. I'm not interested in rocks. I am interested in pretty crystal, but I'm not interested in those rocks. They don't look very nice. Granite, nice. Who cares? Nice. It's all nice. Nice granite, sandstone. They're rocks. Yeah, rocks. Rocks are rocks. Plants are plants. Yeah, yeah, one plant, another plant. Kale's kale. Charge, charge. Bananas are bana- bananas. are all bananas. I one kind of banana in the grocery store. That just satisfies me. This is not love for phenomena. Does this make sense? So a mind that's really engaged in love and then wants to engage in care wants to know more, wants to know about the range of phenomena, the range in which things manifest. Does that make sense? The range. What can we do? How can we care? So my measure, and this is also very much a measure of Namjo Rinpoche, if I may, I'm careful about that. Never put words in one's, especially in one's teacher. But thus I saw. Okay? Thus I saw. Thus I witnessed. Thus I lived through. (laughs) (laughs) At times. I'll give you an example. Uh, One time I I, I found the head office, or not the head, a branch office of Rupital in Antwerp. Our our, Our boat was docked in Antwerp. And Antwerp is famous as a diamond center, yes? or was. Not so much anymore, but was. Still, still is. So, we were, many, many years ago, we were docked there on our way to Africa. And uh, Rinpoche said, well, are you going to do anything, uh, maybe go look at diamonds, or are you going to go out? And uh, I said, uh, yeah, but I said, I'm really curious. Maybe uh, uh, Rupital has a, has a branch office. Because at that time, I was actually buying some things from this, this place in Germany, in, in Eder Oberstein. And he said, okay, good, great. So I, I found it. And I went there. He said, well, are you going to go? I'll, I'll go there first. I went. So I visited their office, their wholesale office, and it was just full. You know, it's like two rooms full of stones and strands of stones and pearls. And um, it was good. It's really good. You see? So when I came back to the ship, the first thing is, come see me. Report. You have to watch Nero Wolf to know what this is like. Report. So I sat down. And he says, so... How was it? I said, oh, it's very good. It's, it's really good. Would you like to go, sir? He said, well, tell me what they have. Well, they have, uh, you know, rubies, sapphires, emeralds, and many strands. Well, which strands of stones? Uh, he said, tell me every one of them. I want to know every one of them. Well, I had to recall everything in the shop before he made his decision that he wanted to actually and then in the end, he said, well, I don't think I'll come. I think I'll send you every day, and you can just buy things. So it was, it was remote control. It was not remote control. It was remote. remote. It was like sending. We, I was like his submersible submarine with lights, with a recording op, you know, recording, buying a few things. And he go, well, so do they have a bigger Han? Do they have, uh, what, what, else, what else do they have in the... Such and such, and I was always ready to go. Here's my list. 
But, but you see, it was a training in, and, and I used to do this every day. Africa, every day between classes, Tarsh and myself, or myself, Tarsh, both sometimes, different, different times, would we go into town in the middle of the day in Africa and look around and then make a report. What did you see? What, did, what was out there? Oh, saw some baskets. What kind of baskets? What size? What price? Oh, well, why don't you pick up three? I'd like to buy three. So the roof didn't go anywhere. So you learned to act as the eyes, but it was all about, are you interested? And imagine if you came back, like, yeah, I saw some things. How do you think that would go over? I saw some things. I was in the market. It was good. It was good. What does it show? It shows no love. It shows no interest. So if you can't be loving for yourself naturally, then you train, and that, that wasn't the case for this being, but, but he, he just kept raising it, upping it, upping it, up again. But then you're loving towards another person to support their interest. Come out of yourself, and who cares about your interest? My interest. See, so the guru acts as me. I want to know everything. So tell me everything. Well, I don't really care. And come out, you see. Come out of you as, as a loving act and compassion act for the other being. It gets even harder. I don't want to go. I feel tired today. Go. I don't want to. <laughs> Sounds like a 20-year-old, doesn't it? I don't want to. I don't feel like it today. Does that get the point across a little bit? You can do, you can really grow in loving kindness and compassion by actually studying. I don't mean taking up a textbook all the time, but actually studying life. Getting down on your hands and knees in the garden and asking, why isn't that plant doing well? Looking at a person going, what actually are they showing me that they're not saying? What can I do for them today? And maybe being in the garden and nurturing plants gives you great insight also into human beings. But plants are really important too, aren't they? And nematodes and scorpions and all kinds of creatures. Eh? Even taking care of parasites. Now, of the first, the first one means to develop compassion by seeing the suffering of sentient beings in the lower realms and so forth, even godlike realms, right? Even in Hollywood. I have, a, I have an exercise I do every day to share it with you. I open my, not while you're in retreat, I open, the, open the, up the internet access and I like to read Google. I like to read all the different highlights and I actually read the news. And my contemplation, beginning the day, and especially near the end, uh, is I want to know what's going on on the planet. And if I see a person suffering in Hollywood, I want to know, I want to know about their suffering, and I want to know about the massacre that's happening right now, as we speak, of children and adults being massacred in Aleppo, in, in Syria, right now, as we speak. Hmm? Yeah. Imagine sitting in your house, and there's a, you, know, you don't know when it's going to be bombed. Maybe a helicopter gunship or somebody comes in and just shoots you. Yeah, it's happening right now. 
So praying and uh, understanding the suffering, the way these consciousness, the consciousness clings in different states. Heaven, Hollywood, uh, having compassion. Uh, I, told, I told people, you know, you have compassion for Gaddafi. Have compassion for the, the trader in Wall Street who's doing uh, illegal money uh, currency transactions. Find out why, what that kind of illusions about. Do you understand what I mean? Study it. So it's all beings, not just the people you love, but the people that are your enemies, people that are actually conniving to destroy your life. Make sense? Otherwise, you're not studying compassion. You're studying those that you can be friendly towards, those that, that you like, that fit the model of, of the people you want to take care of. All beings. This means all beings. The second one, when one is well-trained in the practice of the Four Noble Truths, understands cause and result, and has dispelled holding permanence and solidity, compassion arises towards those beings who are confused and hold permanence and solidity through not understanding cause and result. That's a long sentence. They got it all in there together. What does this mean? Your compassion grows the greater your wisdom grows. Why? It is saddening to see beings that cling to that which is impermanent and cannot be clung to. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that incredible? Isn't that, don't you find that amazing? I find that amazing. That here's something that's impermanent, it has no solidity, it actually has no base in fact, and someone's absolutely devastated and clinging and emotionally overwrought over something that actually has no basis but in a, a fleeting concept and story in the mind that's temporary and of a cultural period at a cultural time which is a little blip in history in, in uh, three billion years of life on this planet. It is one little blip of thought that's going to come and go. Isn't that something? Isn't that shocking? I was talking to someone not so long ago about, about uh, somebody who's, a die, who's going to be dying, or they are dying, of cancer. And the way they were talking was like cancer is something foreign to the body and shouldn't be there. I said, well, cancer is pretty common. It's like a lot of us are going to get cancer. As a matter of fact, probably most of us have cancer cells in us from time to time or every day. It's just part of life. And sometimes we die. One, one in three die of cancer. Didn't, you know that, right? One in three. But the way they were talking, I just got, you know this is normal. You know that people die of cancer. But, but, but it's like not, not right now. Or, or you know, it, it's, it's like a foreign thing. Like we should be able just to rid ourselves of all disease. It's... It's massive delusion, massive suffering, clinging to that, which is absurd. Or shocked when a house mysteriously falls down, or a building collapses, or, or there's tsunamis. Oh my God, there's tsunamis in the world. There's always tsunamis. Or another hurricane. 
We've been having hurricanes for millions and millions of years. It's normal. Can you believe, this is Canadian, right? Not Mexican, but Canadian. Can you believe the weather? It's shocking. It's been raining in Vancouver now for three months. That's shocking. <laughs> Get used to it. It's normal. So this confusion, the beings that hold permanence and solidity, though not understanding cause and result, uh, should bring up the deepest, the deepest, deepest feeling of love and compassion for beings because the pain is immense over that which doesn't have to be pain. The third one, one is established in equipose, in equanimity, and when one realizes all phenomena as the nature of emptiness, compassion arises, especially for those sentient beings who perceive everything is real. Can you imagine? They actually believe that human beings are solid, permanent entities, lasting entities, that thoughts are real, that feelings are real, that emotions are real, and that trees are trees, clouds are clouds, sky is sky, and that names are real. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that shocking? That even jobs are permanent. Well, that's going, finally. Right? You know, lifetime job. Is that permanent? No, no, no. As Canadians, we may not even be able to rely on a pension. Is that right? May not even be able to. That's not permanent. Everything one sees and knows around one is not actually as it seems. Only made up in the mind. And then sometimes it's a mass delusion made up in the mind. Not so. What is real? There's a question. What's real? So what do, what do many people chase after all day long? That which is unreal. It's like, like, like uh, gold particles that, that, that fall between their fingers. You want to hear something that happened recently? That's going to shock you? The share price for Facebook just fell for the first time. I think it was 13%. Can you imagine that? And that Microsoft had the first time in its history of actually a loss, and a substantial loss. Oh my God, how could that be? And our Canadian banks just had, Standard & Poor just downgraded our Canadian banks in terms of their um, uh, stability. Canadian banks, the most stable banks as rated by other in the world? No. Now I'll get you all worried while you're in retreat. Oh my God, what's happening in my bank? <laughs> you'll come back and you'll find it. Yes, you have a million dollars in your bank account. For a day, yes. So you asked what is real. Ask what is real. What is real? I don't know, where are they? Right now, where are they? The Brahma Viharas. They exist 
just relations, not in specific points and times. Is, is loving kindness real or unreal? When does loving kindness happen? Right. Where does it happen? Loving kindness is an apparent phenomena directed towards apparent beings in an apparent space on an apparent planet. Where's loving kindness? There isn't. Is compassion real? According to the same logic, no. According to the same logic, no. What is real? nature of the freedom of the universe. That's real. And that freedom is compassion. It's called Buddha nature. Get real. You know, one of these days, just sit maybe on a hill somewhere, maybe on top of a crystal mountain, look out, and ask yourself a question. Look around, just look at the universe. Just open your eyes to the universe and go, does it cling? It's free. It's just free. All the stuff that you see and hear is manifesting and moving and growing through space. It's free. Free to manifest, free to pass away. All possibilities arising and passing away. Allow yourself to be unified with that. Trust in that. Trust in that. Trust in Buddha nature. Natural compassion of the universe. Natural freedom of the universe. So when they, when they talk, the last one says, the third one, one is established in equipose and when one realizes all phenomena, every single phenomena of the universe, of, of, of emptiness, free. No substantiality, openness, spacious, vivid openness. Compassion arises, especially for those sentient beings who perceive everything as solid, as definitive, as real, as painful, as something to bump into, unchangeable, fact. And then you get the ones, I can't change my job. My family situation is my family situation. Family members will never change. Every day in retreat is the same day. In Vancouver, next day of rain will be followed by the next day of rain. <laughs> Summer may never come. I'm just joking, but, but you see, the universe isn't that way. The universe simply isn't that way. All made up by the mind. That should bring out tremendous compassion in you. Because if you love beings... It's very hard to not feel your heart tugged when you see a person clinging to that which cannot be clung to. Don't you, don't you have this, this compassion when you see a child clinging to a story? You know, as a parent, and they're all, they come back from school and they're clinging about a story. The teacher doesn't love the teacher doesn't like me. Well, probably true. No, I'm just but you know, I come back and, you know, the teacher doesn't like me. You know, maybe they do. You, you know, your heart goes out. Right? Stories. Like bedtime stories. You know, they don't like me, or the, the kids are ganging up on me, or, or you know, it's, it's all bad. School's bad for me. You know, whatever, whatever. You remember that as a child? 
Do you remember that? Crying and going. And the parents going, you know, it's not that bad. As a matter of fact, I remember my father saying that sometimes to me. This parents, you know, you love your parents. You know, it may not be working the way you think it is. And then giving me a different view. I'm going, really? Yeah. Um, I don't think it's really the way you're saying it is. It is so. You know, actually, maybe not. So, so this, is, this is love. This is love. Imagine you've got a child and the child is deluded. What do you do for the child? You just go, uh-huh, here, come in my arms and I'll rock you to sleep. Is that love? Yes. But what's compassion? You're deluded. Get over it. Grow up, kid. And go to work. No, that's a joke. Okay? <laughs> go to work. Nine years old. Get your act together. Grow up. And get out there and chop some wood and haul some water. And by the way, we've got a couple tons of rock to move. Come on, get your, get your act together. I'll give you a couple cents, kid, for allowance. You remember the good old days, Raphael? Oh, yeah. yeah, all the good old days. days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember the good old days when my father, we used to have to move five or six tons a day on our back with ropes tied on. You had ropes? Uh, we, you didn't have ropes? What did, what did, what did you have? We had old bits of string. Old bits of, probably shoelaces, eh? That's right. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what I had? Yeah? We, we, not, we not only had to put the rock on our back, but we had to lie on top of the rock and move to move it. Yeah, I know. Oh, they just sent tough, Oh, yeah, yeah. And they were, they were huge rocks, bigger than we were. Remember the good old days when parents were really loving and compassionate? <laughs> This comes from a Monty Python, very famous Monty Python skit. I've gotten through what one 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 and a quarter paragraphs today. Uh, as it says, uh, it is said, "Quote: Bodhisattvas who maintain the state of equipoise and develop the power of the perfection of the practice. What's the practice? The perfection of the practice. The practice of." Emptiness, the practice of actual meditating on shunyata, wisdom, 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 wisdom. Wise, the wise kingdom. Develop compassion, especially towards those who are grasped by the demons of holding that all is real. This is the highest. This is the highest. This is the highest. Of those three types of compassion, we will meditate on the first one. So we'll deal with the first one here. You know why? Because the rest comes later. This whole text, uh, almost pretty much, get uh, up to about here. Where do we get? Right, right here. That's when the next two start. All the rest is preparatory for those next two. Pretty much, it goes back and forth. That's right. So really, what we're doing the, the first one is about sila some concentration, which is samadhi, but really the last two require insight. They actually require that you see the way phenomena, that means uh, beings, so-called beings, apparent beings, and apparent entities, you see it how it is, and that brings about greater compassion, not the other way around. So you can meditate on compassion all you want, and loving kindness all you want, but without wisdom, without actual penetrative insight, 
it only goes so far and actually falters. Does that make sense? So then you fall into what? Being a peaceful, sweet being. I once accused a group of this. I came to, I was invited to teach in a place in some country, and um, I'd known these people sort of off and on. They'd studied with different beings for years, and they asked me to give a class. And at the time, I was I was getting ready to bestow the Wankur Fierce Guru the Purba. Imagine, they invited me to give a class. And at the end of the class, they asked me all kinds of questions, this and that, and this and that. And I said, you know, uh, let me just make an observation. Fierce Guru Purba, let me make an observation. You're really nice people. And I really meant it. You're beautiful, sweet, kind, loving, calm, relatively calm, loving, beautiful human beings. You've been practicing for years. But you have no, you have no confidence in the nature of mind and emptiness. And until you do, you'll keep asking the same questions over and over again with bewilderment. Nice. You're nice people. You're peaceful. You're nice. You live good lives. And you help your community out and people that suffer out tremendously. But you don't have any confidence in the nature of mind, the nature of insight. Why? You haven't done the work. Fierce Guru Purva. Compassion. You're bewildered. After 20 years of practice, you should not be asking the questions you're asking. Sorry, but 20 years of, of studying the Dharma? Please don't ask me these questions. It should be way beyond it. It means you just haven't done the work. But you're nice. This is peace. Falling into peace? You're nice. You got a nice, peaceful life? You're good people? Your hearts are hearts of gold. You wouldn't hurt anybody. But I'll tell you what. When you lose your husband or you lose your, your wife or your, or your child dies or your house gets wiped out, your, all your wealth and house gets wiped out in a tsunami right? or your, your country goes to war, then you'll see it all come out because you your, your, your experience of insight is weak. Right? Wisdom's weak. But love, beautiful. B, object. All sentient beings are its object. Identifying characteristic, the, a mind that wants all sentient beings to separate from suffering and its cause. This is exactly the definition of compassion, of relative compassion, but actually uh, full. This is different than loving kindness. I wish all beings were happy. I wish all beings were not sick. I wish all beings were in a, being, in a state of care. Altruistic, yes? Good. Beautiful. May all beings be well and happy. Compassion, perfect definition. A mind that wants all sentient beings to be separate, separate from suffering and its cause. What's the cause of suffering? Grasping, clinging, emotional, affective um, confusion over that which uh, feels that you should cling when in fact it's your poison. Actually, the, the object of clinging isn't the poison. It's the cling. Method practice. We join this practice through our feelings for this life's mother. So again, back to the mother. 
Suppose my mother was in a place where someone beat her, cut her to pieces, cooked or burned her in a fire. Or suppose she was freezing cold and her body was blistering. This is amazing, isn't it? I don't even think a Westerner could conceive of this. Any Westerners can conceive of this? It's quite something. As, as, as a historical statement, no, no criticism, I'm just saying as a historical statement, isn't that amazing? To be able to conceive like, well, my mother could be in a place where she would be blissed, she would freeze to death. Or my mother could be in a place where uh, she'd be boiled in oil or tortured or cut up into pieces. Wouldn't that be amazing to live in a country where that could happen? Or eaten by cannibals or butchered? <clears throat> I would develop extreme compassion for her. Likewise, the sentient beings in the hell realms who are definitely our mothers are being tortured by these kinds of suffering. Why would compassion not arise? So one should meditate on a compassionate desire to free such beings from suffering and its causes. Yeah. Correct? Makes sense. Also, if my mother... Now, this, is if you, this, this meditation works. If you consider your love for your mother, who fostered you and nurtured you, uh, has the same history and background as all sentient beings as being mothers. And if you don't... If you, as a Westerner, as a modern Westerner, if you don't really get that, try this. All beings are mothering other beings. Try that right now. All beings mother other beings. There's not one being, including males, who aren't mothering and giving birth to other beings in terms of ideas, in terms of sustenance, in terms of nutriment. Every single being is a mother. And every single being is interdependent on every other being. Their confusion causes other beings' confusion. Not understanding that the three poisons, the rampant three poisons, cause harm to oneself and other beings is folly. It's madness. There are people that are masters of clinging, you know. In the hell realm, one is a master of clinging. In the hell, in the heaven realm, one is a master of clinging. You cling to bliss. In the hell realms, you cling to absolute dejected pain. Could you please fill my mouth with more bronze? Uh, not solid bronze, molten bronze. Could you beat me some more? No, no, not right here. It's more painful right here. Also, if my mother was in a place where she suffered from thirst and hunger, was tortured by sickness, fever, fear, and a feeling of helplessness, then I would develop extreme compassion. So this is a feeling of... You know what I'm talking about? This is a feeling of, my God, this is madness. 
This is madness, not just for the other, but these beings are precious. Yeah? These beings are precious. They're nurturing beings. Likewise, the sentient beings of a hungry ghost realm who are definitely our mothers are being tortured by these kinds of suffering. Why would compassion not arise? So meditate on compassionate desire to free such beings from suffering. Also, if my mother was in a place where she suffered aging and weakness and was enslaved without choice, beaten, killed, cut, and so forth, then I would develop extreme compassion. Likewise, the sentient beings in the animal realm, who were definitely our mothers, are suffering this way. Why would compassion not arise? So meditate on a compassionate desire to free such beings from all their suffering. What's the most direct way to free beings from all their suffering? See the root of clinging. That's it. Help beings as quickly as possible to have the insight to see how does all suffering arise. All suffering arises because one doesn't know the nature of mind. Doesn't know the nature of experience. Clings to apparitional ideas and experience as if solidly real. Also, if my mother was near a precipice over which she could fall for a thousand yojanas, that's a long time, was unaware of this danger and no one showed it to her, and once she fell into the abyss, she would experience great suffering and be unable to climb out again. Then I would develop extreme compassion. Likewise, the gods, humans, and demigods are near the dangerous precipice of the lower realms. They have no awareness that they should avoid negative actions. They have not met spiritual masters. Once they fall down, it will be difficult for them to come out of the three lower realms. I get to meet people, as probably you do, that have this happen in the human realm in a lifetime. They don't know the effect of negative actions. They heap up more, and they wonder why they're in such terrible states later on. How did I get like this? Why does everybody not want to be with me? Why, 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 why? Because they don't simply don't know cause and effect. Bewildered. So they actually enter into hell or animal or, or lower realms in this lifetime and get to practice it. They just keep on more. Don't know, don't know, don't know. Why would compassion not arise? So meditate on compassionate desire to free such beings from these sufferings. E. Measure the practice. When one has fully purified, self-cherishing, that means self-referencing, 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 self-referencing. How's my hair look today? No, really. My hair okay? I can't, I'm coming to class with my hair okay? You should, actually, a little bit. But how am I, how am I doing? And, you know? How might check check myself out? When one has fully purified self-cherishing, is fully released or cut from the chain of self-cherishing, when from the depths of the mind one desires all sentient beings to be free from suffering, then one has perfected the practice of compassion. It could even be that you stray from compassion when you spend so much time contemplating your mind my mind, my free, glowing, blissful mind. 
cherishing your states. E, uh, F, E, I like that, F. Qualities of the practice. Limitless qualities arise from the practice of this meditation. Beautiful. And, and then have trust in that, confidence. Yeah? Limitless qualities, I'll, I'll say it very slowly so it sinks in. Limitless qualities arise from the practice of this meditation. So remember, remember maybe sometimes people remember what I say about tact- doing tantric practice. When you, do, when you enter into tantric practice, sadhana practices, and it strays into you doing the practice and getting something out of the practice, certain meditative experiences, and it's no longer about compassionate awakeness as a bodhisattva, you lost it. You've lost it. And the limitless qualities will not come. You will get more meditative experience. I guarantee it. You can definitely go to your teacher and say, I got another meditative experience. It's pretty cool. They will eventually take out the large Yamantaka hammer with a dorje on the end, with a vajra on the end, and go, You missed it. Where is your where is the compassion that is Yamantaka? Where? Because you're not going to get limitless. What you're going to do is you're going to have more experiences. Quote from the expression from the expression of the realization of Chenrezig, quote, if one had just one quality it would be as if all the Buddha's dharma were in your palm. The entire collection of dharma is right here. Could you imagine that? Wouldn't that be lovely? To have all the dharmas available for all beings right here. Or fearless, like this. Always effortlessly available for all beings. What quality is that? Great compassion every single dharma available depending on the being that needs it is available at that moment, at that time. The accomplishment of Dharma Dhatu Sutra says, quote, Blessed one, wherever the precious wheel of the great monarch is found, there are all, there are all his troops. Troops. Blessed one, likewise, wherever the great compassion of a bodhisattva is found, there will be all the dharmas of the Buddhas. So the greater the awakeness and the greater the realization of emptiness, the greater the compassion, the greater the scope to help different kinds of beings, not just one kind of being, not just humans, not just white, middle-class Canadians, yes, but maybe other beings from other countries, maybe other beings with different languages, maybe other beings with different scope and different um, um, capacities, yes? And talents. And maybe not even just human beings, but uh, awakening animals and awakening godlike beings and so on. The showing, uh, this another text, the showing of the secrets of the Thaigata Sutra says, Guyapati, which is uh, in Sanskrit, Lord of the Secrets, the primordial wisdom of the omniscient one 
grows from the root of compassion. They're getting the message across. If you want great awakeness, it's the greater the compassion through the real, greater the realization of emptiness. Over, over and over and over again. Thus, when through loving kindness one wants all beings to achieve happiness, and through compassion one wants all beings to be free of suffering, then one is no longer interested in achieving one's own peace and happiness. Then one is delighted to attain Buddhahood for the benefit of all beings. This becomes the remedy to attachment to the pleasure of peace. That is, this becomes the uh, remedy to focusing on you to be peaceful. Does, does this make sense? It has to sink in. And by the way, this can take years to sink in. You need to hear it again and again and again. And sometimes lovingly, and sometimes lovingly fiercely from one's teacher or teachers, different teachers. Because it's hard. The, the focus towards self-preservation, self-peace, am I okay and what can I do to feel better about me can be the worst poison for some beings. Yes? Do you know what I mean? Of that self-focus, you know, how am I doing? What can I do for me? Go out and make a garden for others. Go do something that supports others' awakening. Instead of, you see? So this becomes a terrible trap terrible trap, which is the peace wanting yourself just to be peaceful and happy and not realizing that that's really not going to do it. It's shallow. Make sense? It's shallow. And if you want really, really great liberation, you're going to have to come out of yourself and participate in the universe. And you can do that in a cave. You can do that in a cabin. But it's not always done with your eyes closed in the cabin. You know what I mean? Sometimes you get out of the cabin, and that's where the greatest awakening happens is when you walk out of the cabin, and you see a bird who's flying towards you, and it drops to the ground dead. Or you come out of your cabin, in your last shred of clothes, a wind picks up, it takes all your clothes away and you're stripped naked bare. You got what do you have left? You didn't have anything anyways. So get to study the universe. Or you have an emotional breakdown when the propane's all gone. Or an emotional breakdown when the refrigerator, the last refrigerator, no longer works. Oh my God, it's the end of the world. Yes, these can be your greatest teachers. Wonderful teachers. Or the raccoon makes off with all your food. It's all gone. Raccoon made off with all your food. Hmm? Didn't, we, didn't we have a raccoon a couple, number of years ago that took one of the food bins, just took the entire food bin away? Is that right? Yeah, just made off with one of the food bins? Yep, just gone. Someone said, who stole it? Because nobody could believe that a raccoon could do that. So who, who actually took a major part of the food away? It was a raccoon. It was chocolate. And the chocolates. The, the chocolate. The chocolate bin. See, intelligent, intelligent raccoon. 
So uh, being in a cabin or a, retreat, or a cave and having your eyes closed and contemplating you being ever more blissful may not do it. You may actually have to get out of the cabin, step out of the cabin. And when you step out of the cabin can be the most extraordinary realizations. Because that's the test, isn't it? It's the test. Or maybe you'd be, maybe imagine you're meditating and see, you know, you found this cave and it's lovely and you set it all up. And one day you come back and there's a mountain lion. Takes it over. Mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got it. Yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, it's yours. Actually. It's okay, it's yours. Fantastic! This is the beauty about about uh, medit- about being in retreat. You you never never know what's going to happen. You never know what you're going to be faced with. And that is the test of your actual realization, if you have any. Screw it! It's really good. Then one is delighted to attain Buddhahood for the benefit of all beings. This becomes the remedy to attachment to the pleasure of peace. Do you get the idea now of pleasure of peace? The pleasure of peace. The pleasure of peace. How can I be happy and I'm not comfortable? And at that very moment, everything collapses into what? Me. All your energy gets focused in on this being that's crying out. And what's the antidote? Come out of you for all beings. Come out, come out, come out. Make all your talents for others and you will find extraordinary attainment. Therefore, by developing loving kindness and compassion to the mind, one cherishes others more than oneself. Now, be careful. This is not to denigrate you. Now, some people actually need to give up themselves enough so they stop over-cherishing themselves. You know what I mean? Over-cherishing? They, they need that. Others actually need to care for themselves and also care for all beings, to realize that just as they need care, all beings need care. This isn't about denigrating yourself. But for some, it actually might mean that you get to the point where you give it all up. Give it up. Give it up. Uh, you know, one wise young student once said, things would be a lot better if the students didn't have Visa cards. He said, mean, mean it. Because whenever anything gets a little bit rough, you've got your Visa card and your line of credit, I'm out of here. I'm out of here. But for some of you, it might be good to be down to your last stitch of clothing where you've got a needle and thread, right? And there's just one thread over your breast on one side and there's a couple little fibers over your other private parts and they've got about three or four days before that's gone. Yeah? And you don't really know where your next food's going to come from but you're going to have to get real. Do you see what I mean? I mean, just, just get to the point where you're... you're um, not denigrating yourself, you get real. You get very, very real. 
The lamp for the path to enlightenment says, quote, by examining the awareness of one's own suffering. Oh, oh, does that sound classic or what? If you don't know your own suffering, you won't know the suffering of other beings. So what did I have you do in the beginning of this retreat? Study what? Dukkha. The arising of Dukkha. What is Dukkha? What actually is suffering? If you don't know it, it's make-believe. Then you don't know what actually beings are suffering from, do you? If you don't know it in yourself, you do not know what other beings are suffering from. And that is the reason why you practice and develop penetrative insight. Penetrative insight into this human condition. Why this suffering? Yeah? Why this clinging? Continuing the quote from the Lamp for the Path to Enlightenment, which was believed written by Tisha, one develops a desire to completely free all sentient beings from suffering. That is called a supreme being, a supreme being, a saint, a saintly being. Thus, one cultivates the mind of, of the supreme beings, or the saintly beings. For example, see the story of the Brahman Mahadatta, which is in this book. This is the seventh chapter dealing with loving kindness and compassion from the jewel ornament of liberation, the wish-fulfilling gem of the noble teachings. And next is the antidote to not knowing the method of practice for achieving Buddhahood. And we enter um, into uh, what, we did, what we did, we participated in the other day, which is refuge and precepts. The antidote. Where's the antidote? What's really going to do it? So, loving kindness, compassion, yep, your, your foundation. Now, let's get specific about how you go step by step by step to build an absolutely rock solid apparently rock-solid uh, uh, growth and unfoldment for, for, for me. That's what we'll... Any questions about that? So there will be a class night and uh, very possibly the next, uh, we'll see, the next morning off. Okay. A class, class this evening. Okay. Carry on a little bit. Any questions that you may have? Yes. Oh, you, oh yeah. Just make sure every every time uh, uh, we come close to the end of a, of a chapter or finish, make sure that you you read a number of times the next chapter. And I, I really like it when you bring questions. Read it over. What does this mean? I don't fully understand this. Your, your questions are marvelous, so I, I like that very much. Yeah? Yes? The text says that meditation on emptiness leads to compassion. Yes. Is it bidirectional? Can you go the other way? Uh, in theory, yes. But in practicality, often not. So if you meditate on compassion, in theory, if you really, really uh, experience compassion deeply, you would come to profound experience of emptiness. But, but you have to have the, a master, you have to have a mentor that could help you do that. It's very difficult, extremely difficult, because you'll stay in relative compassion. The chances are. And you see over and over again beings that uh, have profound experiences of emptiness and experience shunyata don't always unfold deeply enough. 
the uh, knowledge and heart of compassion. So this is quite a wonder, but it's true. Happens a lot. Has happened through um, history, uh, uh, all the time. Um, most of us, most of us, if not all of us, let me let me just say, all of us are going to fall into this trap. Is that either profound experiences of emptiness and not sufficient training and unfolding of compassion, or lots of compassion without sufficient uh, wisdom realization? We'll all fall into it. This is why the uh, the uh, the need of a mentor. It's the easiest thing to do. And you'll never know it. You'll be the last to know it. Even if you have profound meditative experience and confidence in yourself, you can miss it. Miss it. Miss it. And then there's levels by how vast that can become. I come from the school of uh, not resting on your laurels. You got something good going? Make it better. Why? Just for the sake, it's, you know, it's a good like Protestant work ethic? No. Because it's for all beings. Make, it, make yourself better for all beings. Make yourself, if you're a little jewel, make yourself a bigger jewel. If you're a bigger jewel, make yourself a bigger jewel. Why? Beings are suffering and really need it. How do you do that? Deeper uh, contemplation of emptiness. And if you're doing that, well, you might need periods of deeper contemplation of compassion. Now, I'll give you just a, a, an experience from my life, just per, because it might help. There came a point where, where my beloved uh, root teacher, Namaj Rinpoche, said to me one day, somewhere in the, in the 90s, uh, said, uh, you know, you've been uh, up in the Arctic for many, many years, and what, what are you up to something? Are you going to do, you know, yeah, what's, 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 uh, what are you up to there? You know? I said, ah, yes, I'm planning to do a one-year retreat going to do a one-year retreat. That is, uh, deepen my, deepen the contemplations of Mahamudra and Dzogchen. Ah, that's very worthy. Very worthy. Very good, very good. Very, you know, like a very good student. I can always hear that tone, though. Very good, very good. I go, oh, oh. <laughs> a slight edge of, yeah, 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 that's good. A one-year retreat, yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. So you want to meditate, great. Uh, and for others, he would encourage them, right? But for me, I'm so he said, what else do you got? What, anything else you got? What else you got going on? I said, yeah, well, I got, you know, I got invited to be the executive director of, a, of an art school. Oh, tell me about that. So I told him that. And I said, listen, some of the staff who work for me in the art, they've warned me. They said, I'd be a complete raving lunatic to take this job. You have no idea what nest of vipers you're getting into. Don't do it. And if you do do it, we're going to take you out and get you stinking drunk. On the, on the night before you get the, get, get the job. So I, I told them that, you know, but I said they would like me to, to apply for it. But it's a national competition, so I, I probably won't. You'll get it and take it. That's what you should do. Why? I could do a one-year retreat. I have enough money. I could do a one-year retreat. I could have done a three-year retreat. I probably would have stayed in for three years. Why? to up the quality of compassion for what? For the benefit of all beings. That was a total immersion in compassion, also a total immersion in emptiness. But, uh, but
but profound contemplation and training in compassion. Do you see? You see how easy it is? Isn't that what all yogis do? Isn't that what teachers do? Go into re- we get an opportunity, we go into retreat for a year. Mm. Contemplate, 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 contemplate. Deeper meditations, yes? Nope. Go work and work for the benefit of beings. And does that sound tough? To help make make sense, and other times for other beings, don't do that. Go into retreat. Don't do that. Where's your wisdom realization? Come on, more meditation, more meditation. Go into retreat. Go into retreat. Drop the. Come on, drop the jobs. Drop that frustration. Come on, come on. You have enough money? Great. Go into retreat. Got enough money? Go study science. You're coming on a. You're coming on a safari. But I want to go into retreat. You're coming on a safari. I want to go into retreat. You're coming up to Alaska. But this is another country. Exactly. <laughs> I don't want to study flowers. I don't want to be in a car all day trying to name every single tree that goes by. <laughs> I want to be in retreat. Can I be on the beach? There's a beach over there. It's like the, there's the Pacific Ocean. There's a sandy beach. Look at those people lying on the beach enjoying themselves. Why don't we be in a car all day identifying trees out of a book while we drive and being car sick in the back seat? Love and compassion. Love and compassion. Love and compassion. Love and compassion. Do you see? Love and compassion. How come you're not meditating enough? How come you're not meditating? You should be meditating. Insight. More insight. More awareness. More practice. In theory, yes. In practice, even for beings that have pretty good attainment, even for those rare, rare beings, not enough, not enough, not enough. enough. Look at someone like, look at the training of someone like the Dalai Lama. Look at the training of a karmapa. Someone's karmapas, you know, when they were like one year old or half half a half a year old, going, "I'm the karmapa." And they're already giving teachings. Oh, mommy, pay me home. They're actually giving kids teachings. You know, which was the whole thing, right? What kind of training did they get? Incredible training in compassion. Incredible training in the text. Incredible training in teachings. Every teacher. Retreats. The whole thing. Their minds are just dwelling in extraordinary freedom. They train even deeper and further and deeper and further. They're worked really hard. Telegram. Use it. Use it to lose it. I'll be here uh, to see people. I uh, somehow I got a note from somebody here, and it's uh, they want to see me. And I go, yes, of course. Benefit of all beings. 
and may by this uh, by the glory of Dharma, this beautiful teaching uh, written by out of compassion by Kampopa, may it lead to the cessation of suffering for all beings. Idante punikamang asawakiwang hotu. Idante punikamang asawakiwang hotu. Idante punikamang asawakiwang hotu. Sabe sata sutantu. May all beings be well and happy. May all beings be established in a continuity of freedom. Emerge into full Buddhahood, into the uni- unity of compassion and wisdom. For all beings, Sarvamangalam, Sarvamangalam, Sarvamangalam. Thank <laughs> you.